Hi, I'm Eureka John, and I'm sitting here with Donnie Clutterbuck. I'm Donnie Clutterbuck. We are at Permissionless 2023 in Austin, Texas. We are. This is your first time to Austin, right? It is, yeah. First time in this conference hall and in this city. So what are your initial thoughts? It's. I was actually talking about this with a friend of mine on the phone on the way here. The architecture in the South, I haven't spent a lot of time in the South, but I was in Scottsdale, I don't know, for the first time a month ago, something like that. And I've noticed there's a lot more beige in yeah. the South than the North. And I'm assuming that's building construction materials that have to withstand the heat or things can't be painted in quite the same way because of the crippling boiling heat. I don't know what it is, but everything looks like Mars out here, okay. like in the, in the South and in mid uh, Southwest. I've also noticed that Everything that was here first was built in like the mid 19th century. Yeah. And then it seems like everything else was built exactly 100 years later. <laughs> and then the rest of it, the bulk was built in the last 10 years. Yeah. And that's a dynamic that we don't get in the North, really. Everything looks very different. It's all perceivably, obviously different. And I don't know if that's because of temperature or politics or geography for some other reason that's not either of those i'm not really sure what but so far my intake is that it fits but okay. i can tell i'm in the south if you didn't tell me where i was <laughs> i'd pick south i don't know if i'd pick the city but yeah it's um it's, it's hard to pick the city because a lot of the the culture and especially in the suburbs is pretty homogenous you know and yeah. you, you picked beige well the homeowners association doesn't really like any other color besides beige <laughs> very neutral colors Why here stuff, stuff that Why you can resell easily only the south i wonder <laughs> i don't know that's that, weird i mean in suburbs and places in the north do you find oh no they're beige? all the same color too yeah <laughs> totally it's like every house is the same house kind yeah, of out yeah. there and it has to be because people don't want it to be unique. They want it to fit their mold. I'm assuming anyway, they want it to fit their mold of, of what they're used to yeah. or what they grew up expecting maybe. Uh -huh. But it doesn't feel like there's a whole civilization full of people who don't want new stuff around here because yeah. clearly they want new stuff because sure. most of downtown Austin is very new. Yeah. But it's lacking a culture that I, or maybe it's not lacking a culture. Maybe it's just because it's the present and we're not viewing it from the future. Uh -huh. It seems to be lacking on a large scale that like boom of early 20th century architecture, like that deco era stuff yeah. that only the North seems to have. It yeah. just doesn't feel like it's down here. There's only very old 19th century structures and 70s to now yeah. buildings. But it's like, it's there's a total architectural gap in the middle. <laughs> and it's like, it's staggering to look at because I'm so used to there not being a gap there. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. that's my initial <laughs> takeaway. Okay, well, yeah, cool. So far. Yeah, so, so you're here at Permissionless 2023. What were you hoping to glean from this experience? I, every time I go to one of these things, I... <laughs> All I'm really looking for is to make myself so uncomfortable that I have to find things to do and new people to meet and absorb new viewpoints. Okay. Because I think that just like with AI, the more diverse your input set, the more robust your output will be. Okay. And anyone who only operates in DeFi or only operates in NFTs or only operates in, I don't know, decentralized um, identity is going to be confined within that by not having the context that lays outside of it. So I don't really, this is a DeFi conference, right? Yeah. yeah so I, I didn't even know that when I signed up for it. Humpty, I just heard Humpty talking about it and was like, okay. I'll go. Sure. He's yeah. going, I'll go. It sounds like <laughs> the other guys are going too. Yeah. And I, I like that I get to just sit in a conference hall and get lunch and have strangers sit with me and talk to me about things I either 
happen to be also be interested in yeah. or things I never knew I wanted to be. Okay. So, so I think it's a way of increasing my scope. So you kind of just came here as a, a blank slate to be a perpetual student. Always. Okay. With everything, yeah. pretty much. I don't see the point if I'm, I don't want to go do the same thing I've done yeah. ever. Sure. I would like, if I do, 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 if I end up doing the same thing I've done, I would like for it to be in, um, I don't know, newly expressive ways, I mm -hmm. guess. So I've been to conferences before, but not this okay. conference in this place Okay. with these people. All right. You know, and, and you just got off the phone on the Twitter space with your show, Don't Say NFT, which is a show based around ordinals and the Bitcoin ecosystem for the most part. This is a very Ethereum-centric conference. Yeah. Um, do you feel like there's kind of a clash or something you can learn or? Both, yeah. Um, I don't have an agenda. I found myself really involved in ordinals, but I only respected, you know how like, when you first get into crypto, you you start reading on like Reddit or mm -hmm. you join a whole bunch of Discord servers for tokens and you're like shooting the breeze with the people in there. All of the people who have been in it for a long time say that a, a well-diversified portfolio, if you're to have one, is like 80% Bitcoin, 15% yeah. sub, not, yeah. or, you know, like alts and then like 5% garbage. <laughs> if, if you want to do that or, some, you know, some number like that, everybody yeah. has a different number. I never took it seriously. I never held Bitcoin. Yeah. I never really understood why I'd want to because it seemed like it was already there being sturdy and successful and it didn't really need me. Yep. Not that I need to be needed, but like, I don't know, I found it much more interesting to dive into very, very small alt chains in layer twos okay. for the first two or three years that I was doing this. And I put a majority of my money into like 50 or 60 very sub alts yeah. for years. And all I did was read about those companies and what they were trying to do. And then I climbed the ladder up to Ethereum and Solana and engaged mostly in NFTs. And that's how I learned about those ecosystems. And that led me to ordinals eventually. Okay. So it's not like I've left anything I was doing before. I've just aggregated all of the knowledge that I could mm -hmm. from every ecosystem prior. And I just because I don't engage fully in any Ethereum ecosystems yeah. doesn't mean I don't see the value in it. Because I very much do. And I want to be a part of DAOs. And I want to see how DAOs are growing on Ethereum. And Ethereum is the home of those types yeah. of processes and items. Uh -huh. It seems like if you are to... Um, it's difficult to even concisely say. I view used to view Bitcoin as property. Yeah. And I think the SEC does too. And I used to view every other chain outside of that as software. Okay. And I thought Ethereum was the only chain that didn't have a, can we swear on this? Yeah. Go ahead. Shitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> that Ethereum That's not even the, a swear word anymore. Okay, good. It's just yeah. a right. matter it's of just, fact. You know, I don't know. It's just like family friendly. Sorry, yeah. everybody out there. Um, Ethereum was the only, and it, it, although there are shitcoins hosted on Ethereum, Ethereum was the only network that didn't have its own token that is a native shitcoin. And I say this because Ethereum's value is not inflated fully um, speculatively okay. because you need it for gas fees. Yes. You always have. So people have to buy Ethereum to interact. The amount of Solana you have to buy to interact on Solana is negligible. Mm -hmm. And so with pretty much every other ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're trying for efficiency, which yeah. I get and I, I respect. Sure. But you don't need the token. Yeah. You need such a small amount of the token that the token basically doesn't need to exist. So I thought for a long time that Ethereum and Bitcoin were the only non-shit coins. Okay. And I don't mean that other things aren't good software. Yeah. I just mean to say that the token value doesn't necessarily correlate with the use of the use of the system, 
in any other capacity yeah. outside of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh -huh. So I've begun to take those two much more seriously than the others, despite the others being great software. I'm just not quite as interested in them anymore. I don't know why. Maybe I just feel like I dug really deep, didn't find enough, cut my losses and moved on. Yeah. And it's not to say that I wouldn't go back into any of those ecosystems. Yeah. I just don't know enough about Bitcoin now. So this is my Bitcoin phase. Okay, I hear you. Yeah. So did you ever get into it for pure financial speculation of just, you know, you saw guys around you? XRP. Really... XRP? It was okay. my first. So my, my wife's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> my wife's ex-boyfriend got me into XRP. Yeah. He got buddy. Like we were talking to him one day. She would reference things that he said. And one of them was XRP. And I was like, sounds like a scam. Yeah. Which you know, still might be. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing has played out. Um, but I was... I bought a little bit of it because he was really enthusiastic about it. And I was like, I don't know anything about anything. And I have a little bit of expendable income, so I'll go for it. And it was like 19 cents or something. When I bought it, it was 24 cents. 24, yeah. Okay. When I, and when I, uh, it was right before it got delisted on Coinbase. Oh, it must have been okay. like a month or two before yeah. that. Um, so once I had a little bit of skin in the game, I started doing reading about it and mm -hmm. passively over the coming months. And then I heard the word ledger and blockchain more often. And I'm yeah. like, what the hell is like, what is blockchain? Why? Yeah. Does this word keep coming up? What does it mean? So I dug into that. I found out other people were making blockchains and that there were pre-existing blockchains for many years prior. And it set me off on this five hours a day minimum journey <laughs> that I've been on since then. With Did a you full -time start watching job. a bunch of YouTubers and stuff? No, actually, no, I've never, I never okay. default to that because they always seem like they're trying to sell you something yeah, even when yeah. they're not. And it's because they are, because they're getting paid for attention. Okay. Almost anybody who's getting paid for attention is trying to sell you something. And they okay. do have it in their best interest to keep you on the hook, even if they're saying the wrong shit yeah. or something that they don't even believe. Uh -huh. It's in their best interest to keep you hooked on it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's not to say that I don't trust anyone who's getting paid to talk. Yeah. But you're a content but like creator most, now. I don't get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I would do, I'd probably stop if I made money doing it. It's <laughs> like feel pressure yeah, yeah. to be a certain way, you know? Okay. <laughs> So like every, I've always done this. I've spoken at bar industry conferences for 10 years before the pandemic or mm -hmm. maybe seven or five years or something like that. And I would do it just for flights and hotels yeah. because I didn't really want to have that sort of monetary pressure on top of it. Yeah. I would love to be in a position where I never may have to make money again. I'm not there yet, obviously. But alongside having a 40-hour to 60-hour-a-week job, it's a lot of free time. Yeah. You know, I have tons of free time to do this with and I don't feel bad doing it because I don't really, the expectations aren't that I work more than 60 hours. Mm -hmm. So, man, I really took that on a sidebar. <laughs> no, I didn't watch YouTube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. So are you a member of any DAOs? No, not at the moment. I'm, I'm well, <clears throat> incoming sort of, there are no DAOs on Bitcoin, but there is a group, an ordinals group that I'm a part of mm -hmm. that is, I think, going to form a DAO yeah. that is going to try to allocate lots of versions of mint funds and mm -hmm. regular income towards development of the ordinals ecosystem. Okay. And I think that's going to function. No, I'd be speculating if I said that. It feels like it's going to function like a proper DAO. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't partake in any okay. actively. Are there any Bitcoin-based DAOs? The software to do so, to have like an on-chain DAO, I don't think is fully fleshed out yeah. by anybody yet. So no, I don't think well, so. I know there's software going on top of Bitcoin, like block stacks and stuff like that. Right. I, just I don't really know. know enough about stacks. Yeah. And to Noster even say, as well, the social, right. the social media. I guess. What is do you, do you know enough about Nostr to be no, able to explain it? Okay, not all a right. thing. Yeah, all right. It's just a kind of a way to be able to 
communicate and tip people for their content and stuff like that built on top of the blockchain, Bitcoin blockchain, um, using the Lightning Network. But, oh, cool. Uh, I'm probably slaughtering that explanation. So sorry, Bitcoiners. <laughs> D-Y-O-R. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's been a few attempts at stuff like that. But uh, I, I think a lot of them are exploring new technology and very few of them solve problems that people actually have. And I yeah. think that's one of the big problems in the crypto space. We hyper-focus on things we don't like about ongoing systems without realizing that those ongoing systems provide us a luxury that we don't now get with crypto. Okay. And then we go, why aren't we onboarding the masses? Because my mother won't download a MetaMask wallet because she wouldn't put anything in it because she doesn't trust herself to keep it. She's not accustomed to self-custody. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think really anybody is because almost everything we own, we trust others to care for. Yeah. yeah. You know, like we own a house because the county says we do. Mm -hmm. And we own a car because no one has taken the lien back because we keep making payments. And mm -hmm. like everything in our life is kind of not self-custody. And that freedom, there's freedom in that. Yeah. Even though there's a different kind of freedom in full custody. And I think the future will contain both or a combination of both at least. Mm -hmm. And I think we are currently exploring the vast polar opposite of all of the systems that we've begun to not trust. Mm -hmm without realizing maybe, or maybe without just talking about out loud yeah. often, that these solutions that we're implementing cause problems that are potentially bigger than the solutions we're getting out of them, mm. if that sentence made any sense. Yeah, yeah. The juice ain't worth the squeeze, not yet. And if it was, people would be using these things instead of everything else they use already. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. Juice ain't worth the squeeze. Yeah, I like that. To me, it is. I mean, yeah. I'm clearly, I'm using them, but like I'm, I'm speaking for the population yeah. at yeah. large now that if this was solving a problem that people actually thought they had and it wasn't costing something more than they were comfortable giving up, it would already be what we're using for everything Yeah. in some way, you know? Okay. Some network is good enough for payments every day on a global scale. Something yeah. is. Okay. Bitcoin's faster than sending money to Germany. Yeah. Even if you get stuck in a block, yeah. I mean, you try to send money to Germany through a bank. Yeah. You ever tried to wire something like to buy a house? Yeah, it yeah. takes forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And everybody says that Bitcoin's slow. You have to but have underwriters. You it's know? faster than literally everything else yeah. we're using right now. So it does solve that problem. Yeah. But there's no hybrid custody model available. Yeah. And there's no really easy way of setting it up. And that's just Bitcoin. I'm not even talking about like every yeah. the million other wallets you can have most of which are not interoperable in any way. Well, too. there's an entire industry based on the fact that people don't want to custody their own assets or don't know how to. So they're yeah. naturally fighting against it, you know? So right. Like underwriters, for example, you know, they it's in their all, best interest. It's in their best interest to fight against it. But wasn't it also in accountants best in interest to fight against Microsoft Excel and orchestra's best interest to fight against the synthesizer yeah. or, you know, pro tools or logic or something like that. Uh -huh. Those software instruments that do a percentage of the job yeah. that yeah. the real kind of super expensive professional could do. This has always been the case. Yeah. Right. And it, we're just happy. We happen to be aware that we're doing it now, yeah. which I think makes it the experience of it a little bit more so aggressive and off-putting. <laughs> until the opposing Maybe. force can find a way to kind of bring it within their umbrella and use it for their own benefit, like, yep. um, you know, we, we have this CBDC coming into play, you know, they're using blockchain instead right. of fighting it to say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like, we like cryptocurrency now, but we're going to centralize it. I think either, 
we were going to we were going to offer this from from our side, whatever you know the the force, the light side of the force, yeah. Luke yeah. side, yeah. not for, not the Vader side. Yeah. We were going to offer it, and it was going to be such a good solution that people would adopt it inherently. Yeah, or the Vader side would force people into using it, and thereby then they're going to also be comfortable using what we're comfortable yeah. using. Uh-huh. And it feels like like people's the the decision people make humans make people is the singular for a group yeah. not the plural for persons <laughs> and i i beat myself up every time i say it but that's just modern that's how we use it so yeah. people is now the plural of persons people decide the future by doing stuff and voting with their attention and money mm-hmm. no one can control that they can just influence it okay and if the opportunity cost you know, if, if they come out a net negative one by taking on full self-custody by choice through MetaMask and Bitcoin wallets and interacting that way, and then they can't spend money at some stores or whatever, you know, like that's, those are all net negatives. So like, there's lots of positives, but there's more negatives than positives at the moment. Yeah. If the government goes, we don't care what you think, yeah. you just have to do this. Uh-huh. People are going to choose to do that <laughs> because their other choice is go live in the woods and hope they don't get kicked out. Because okay. even the woods belong to somebody, right? Yeah. So the government can force the people to choose something. Otherwise, those people can move to another country, I guess, or whatever. So like, I, it's, I often get confused with whether there is an objective truth that we are uncovering or if we are creating the truth by choosing it. As a species, I think it's the latter most of the time. And I think that okay. we, we like go to voting booths and we... And, hit polls and we choose specific candidates that we think align with our values, but they don't really have to. It's kind of ineffective. The way that we vote is actually by doing what we do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. When you buy Coca-Cola every day, you're supporting whatever that company's political agenda is. Okay. And you're supporting the the idea culturally that Coca-Cola is something worth drinking or whatever. Okay. Just by nature of doing stuff, you are speaking it into existence okay and i don't mean like put energy out into the universe and like it's it's bad and like i'm not trying to be all like hippy dippy or whatever the word is for that about it yeah woo. not trying to get all woo woo about it because that's not what i mean i don't mean that like you can think it into existence i mean on aggregate what happens is what people choose yeah and it depends of course on what our reasonable options are so do you believe in predictive programming um is a philosophical concept what do you mean like uh the idea that propaganda you know can create predictive programming yeah. to create something into existence yeah watch this yeah <laughs> i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of did you have to do that when you were a kid of course yeah, yeah. isn't that insane yeah we had to, it's like it's like watching a propaganda uh-huh. movie except instead of your hand being in one position it's in the other one yeah. you're it's not critical thought it's not analytical uh testing theories and like deciding something yeah. that's blind following and i think that's all we do until we decide not to. So it's think, what's laid out for us. Do you think right? that blockchain could combat against predictive programming tactics? <laughs> I think TikTok can. How? Because TikTok, I think, is the fastest decentralized way to spread information over the course of exactly the span of someone's um, attention span. Wow. Okay. And I I don't use it yeah. because I think it's dangerous in yeah. a lot of ways. Like for my old brain, I don't like the dopamine. Like you can lose hours. Your, your perception seconds, of right? time is goes what away. TikTok is? I, well, I, I think most clips are much shorter than that. Really? Okay. Um, 60 seconds is probably an upward limit. I don't even know, honestly. I know yeah. 
from what I've read, the human attention span has been 1.8 seconds or somewhere thereabout, like yeah. depending on who you ask since we've been human. Yeah. And it's been beneficial to do that because if you're like building a fire in the middle of the woods and you're focused on it for an hour, you're going to get eaten yeah. or killed by a neighboring tribe. So you have to be like, <laughs> like you get look at the thing for 1.8 seconds, just long enough to like accomplish a task and glance up. Yeah. And then make sure you're still alive. Yeah. I think that's cooked into us, but we haven't found ways to exploit it until now. We haven't yeah. really gone down the rabbit hole far enough to be like, how much can we digest? Yeah. And how quickly can we do it? I think we found it. And mm -hmm. I think information is spreading, whether true or false or whatever true or false even mean at this mm -hmm. point. Um, I'm not here to judge the content, but the method of delivery and um, addition, I guess, yeah. like, you know, input and output is unprecedented. Okay. So I think that's the way. I think that if yeah. we're to be, it's a different kind of indoctrination, maybe it's like a decentralized yeah. indoctrination because uh -huh. everything, everyone's watching the same thing that they all chose instead of yeah. the same thing that they didn't choose. Well, you have like the Hollywood budgets and look at how many apocalyptic movies have come out of Hollywood in the past like 30 years, like so many. Like, yeah. And it's like they're pushing this predictive programming message. Yep. So when you're talking about like inscriptions on Bitcoin and stuff like that, you know, it's a way of creating some kind of permanent fixture, you know, something that does not change True. that, that no matter how much predictive programming somebody could get, they could always refer back to this source of truth. Isn't that what we're always looking for? Some objective source of solid truth? What is real? Yeah. That's, I mean, the question, if, if you're a video game character in, in an Xbox, yeah. where are you? Okay. You're like not anywhere, kind of. Yeah, you're in right? the metaverse. Yeah, you exist for as long as the Xbox yeah. is on, but you can't really point to where it is yeah. correctly. Like, I don't mean the player can't. Yeah. Like, the, the, the actual character that is being played uh -huh. maybe doesn't know that and doesn't, and like thinks they are geographically located and that time is passing. Yeah. But in reality, it's not in reality. Uh -huh. So wherever reality, I don't even know what objective truth would be. The things we can agree on all at the same time, except for a few presumably broken outliers, like this table's here. Yeah. I can knock on it. You and I are sitting at it. Yeah. Um, as long as you're real, <laughs> which I think you I are. Know, man. From my perspective, you're real. <laughs> that wasn't and a microdose. From your perspective, I'm real. But dreams often feel like this too, where like yeah. everything feels perfectly real. And I wake up feeling the way I felt in the dream yeah. because everything that happened seems like it did. Uh-huh. So when I try to come across what is objective truth. I can't even make a standpoint about okay. it. So when we say something is immutable and referenceable, it just means that someone said it or thought it. And now that's there. Okay. And I don't know if attributing good or bad or right or wrong is even appropriate to do or logically worth doing. Yeah. Because it requires an observer. And if it requires an observer, that observer has a standpoint. Okay. And, you know, like some people think lions shouldn't eat gazelles. I think lions would beg to differ. Yeah. They yeah. need to eat, yeah. right? But I don't like watching it. So yeah. I think it's wrong. Okay. Something can't be both right and wrong. And I think everything is. Yeah. To someone. So what is objective truth? It, I think that we, using blockchain technology, we have the ability to maybe come the closest we ever have to what an specifically ethical, I guess, what an ethical, moral, f objective framework might look like simply by aggregating the thoughts and speeches and data that every human 
since its inception has ever said. Yeah. And I think when you do that, you come to what, you know, there's, there's what he said and what she said, and somewhere in the middle lies the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So if you aggregate 8 billion voices over and over again every 40 years when there's a new 8 billion people on the planet, yeah. you might actually come to what would be considered the closest we could get to an objective moral framework. So if you had what he said and what she said, both on the blockchain as you know, objective uh, evidence out there. That they said it. Then yeah. it's both yes and no. And uh, but At there's the no such time. thing as objective ed evidence yeah. for someone's take, yeah. so it's all subjective. So when you, when you, I guess what I mean to say is when you have what he said and she said, immutably framed, yeah, then you that's have what, I meant. Yeah. what they said, yeah, forever. And then it becomes both yes and no, both black and white. Right. You know, you have positive. And maybe and negative, the answer so is always maybe yeah, yin and yang, just <laughs> like cycling. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> so that's that, there. You go. That's Bitcoin for you. That's <laughs> yeah, blockchain that's, technology. <laughs> this is me never giving an answer to everything yeah. because I don't know. Yeah. That there is an answer. So there is a lot more than just financial <laughs> application to blockchain technology and to Bitcoin as well. Bitcoin goes well beyond, transcends financial application. And that's one thing that I'm trying to spread around and talk to people. When I see people at the neighborhood pool, they're like, what token should I invest in? I'm like, none. <laughs> Honestly, now I say Bitcoin. I never used to yeah, say anything, but now I'm like, if you don't want to think about it and do yeah, the research, do consider this your Roth IRA or your like, yeah. you know, 401k. Because you don't have to think about it because not only is it also good at stuff, uh -huh. but it's a market indicator in and of itself. Absolutely. So it has yeah. become the heaviest thing in the crypto verse. Yeah. So it's the most difficult to sway or rather when it is swayed, it reacts to a lesser percentage mm -hmm. than the smaller ones. Okay. And recently, if you want to hear a hot take that I have. Sure. Uh, recently, over the course of... <laughs> No, studying is the right word. What qualifies study? Studying ordinals, I guess, <laughs> partaking in ordinals. I've come to a standing conclusion so far that Bitcoin may be the next version of the internet. Okay. I can absolutely uh, uh, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Feels I'm, like I'm, it. With the things like uh, layers being built on top of it, lightning network, ordinals, you know, you have Nostra social media type of stuff. Yeah. You know, things are developing out from this base layer. Yeah. I want to say Ethereum, but it's just no, you know, like. I think it can have a place just like Puma and Adidas yeah. do and Jeep and Infinity both make yeah. SUVs. You know, yeah. I don't think any one thing mutually excludes any other thing, but some bunch of them will rise to the top yeah. and be the accepted methods of doing something. Yeah. And before I thought Bitcoin was property and everything else was software. Yeah. But it's I'm exactly now I'm realizing that all of it can be software. Exactly. Yes. So what does differentiate Bitcoin? The only thing I can think of is it's 13 or 14. However many years it's been, yeah. it has a proof of work history longer than any other proof yeah. of work history with more hash power directed yeah. at it, which means that nothing that comes after it can have a longer lineage exactly. unless it exists side by side and then beats that 13 years uh -huh. later. So like yeah. the first thing isn't usually the best unless we're talking about yeah. proof of work and lineage, yeah. then it is. Well, it's like Ethereum, it, Vitalik Buterin broke away from Bitcoin because he was a Bitcoiner at first, you yep. know, and he developed Ethereum. And it's like almost like his age at that point. It's like a young guy that wants to hurry up and make the next thing without letting the primary instrument mature to complete fruition yet. Right. Now that Bitcoin, I think, is maturing to fruition, you're starting to see what, you know, 
Ethereum was supposed to be, you know, developing Bitcoin, you know, so was, Bitcoin's slowly catching back up. Ethereum it, yeah. <laughs> was developed because smart contracts needed to exist yeah. and they couldn't after <clears throat> Bitcoin SV, right? Like SV was the Turing complete version and yeah. now once the hard fork to whatever currently is Bitcoin, mm -hmm. correct? I could be a little bit wrong well, on they this. Had so like, I don't some know versions of it, like master coin and colored coins and stuff like right. that. And I don't know too much about that. I'm not the professional on that, but you know, there, all that stuff, NFTs did exist on Bitcoin at the very beginning. It's just, yeah, you know, like, like I was saying, you know, the, the founder of Ethereum, I think he wanted to put it into turbo mode and just get it going, yeah. you know, without letting 13 years worth of transactions build and create the foundation slowly. Right. So now that it's proof of stake, though, it does have a little bit of a lighter footprint. And Absolutely. it does have a position in the market that differentiates yeah. it and gives it use case. Yes, yes. Does Solana too? Maybe, maybe Solana is what we use for payments and Ethereum yeah. is what we use. Like, what if, it, I think actually, if you go far enough back in my Twitter profile, which is only, it's only like a year and a half old, yeah. sorry, X, it's X now. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Um, I want to get banned. The, I made a comparison to a whole, I, th I think I said that XRP was going to be the Fed or yes. Ripple was going to be the Fed. Uh -huh. Ethereum was going to be IBM. Solana was going to be like, uh, some gaming something or other platform. I don't yeah. know. I, I just remember making these parallels that like, if all of these other companies can exist yeah. that are not blockchain companies, uh -huh. why can't blockchain companies replace them Absolutely. and all also exist? Yeah. At least for some time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Doesn't mean they all will forever. Uh -huh. And maybe Bitcoin will be like the pyramids and will be here thousands of years from now when people look different and speak yeah. different languages and look back and go, I wonder what, <laughs> like if you look at the original inscriptions on Bitcoin, I mean, the original ordinals rather. So like the first 10,000 of them is like weed, boobs, um, food, so pizza, okay. pepes, lizards, yeah. you know, yeah. we love lizards. And uh, historical references, like pictures of yeah. historical stuff. If you look inside of caves or inside of pyramids, it's the same content. Mm -hmm. It's anthropomorphized lizard people or mm -hmm. some sort of anthropomorphic being, um, fertility yeah. and wealth, which back then was food. Yeah. So like it's all, we're doing the same thing we've always yeah. done. <laughs> But we don't have one that wouldn't evaporate if we give it a thousand yeah. years. Because all buildings, this building yeah. that we're in right now, this would be gone in, yeah. I don't know, a couple hundred years. Everything disrepair. would oxidize. And yeah. yeah, you know what? Like if pro I probably would give it a couple hundred years before yeah. it was just totally on the ground, um, not a structure anymore. Yeah. So we really haven't built anything that had the fortitude that those things had. Yeah. And I bet if you went back to when the pyramids were being built, the many generations that probably took, there was probably something like this, maybe made of different materials. Oh, absolutely. I, I like totally think there was... and sticks and maybe metal. Like maybe they were making things yeah. out of metal and it all oxidized and now it's just back into the earth. Maybe all those records are encased in crystals. You know, well, you they know, certainly we didn't don't... have vinyl or plastic bottles <laughs> yeah. because that would be in the ocean with our garbage yeah, yeah. island, which by the way, keep contributing to because where are we going to live when it's water world? Where are we going <laughs> to... We have to build a floating island. That's, our, <laughs> that's the ark, man. It's Noah's ark. Wow, man. The garbage Talk about island, some yeah. plastic yeah. microdosing right there. I have a lot of unpopular <laughs> opinions, and I don't actually mean go throw more plastic yeah. out, but I mean, like, what if in a thousand years, none of the land is exposed anymore? Yeah. Where are we going to live if it's if we're still here, right? Send it to space, man. The trash island. Yeah. <laughs> we live on the trash island. <laughs> oh, my man. words. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Donnie Clutterbuck, y'all. Um, we'll wrap this up. And uh, any, uh, where can people find you? 
Oh, they can find me at it's Donnie OK, I T S D O N N Y OK on Twitter. Okay. And, um, you know, in a variety of Discord servers, that's pretty much it. I don't have any social media outside of X. Okay. So that's yeah, and uh, look up on CryptoSapiens.xyz. You can find the Don't Say NFT episodes on that channel. Yep. And uh, yeah, they're really good. I'm I'm the editor on it. I have fun editing. So. It's very well edited. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>